Hey guys, good morning. So glad you could uh, join us for our EMP this morning. Um, if you have your Bibles with me, turn with me this morning. We're going to continue on in our John reading. And so turn to John chapter 17. And I'll read from verse 1. Jesus spoke these things and raising his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come, glorify your son, so that the son may glorify you just as you have, just as you gave him authority over all mankind, so that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth by accomplishing the work which you have given me to do. And now you, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world existed. I have revealed your name to the man whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have followed your word. Now they have come to know that everything which you have given me is from you. For the words which you have which you gave me and I given, I have given to them and they receive them and truly understand that I came forth from you and they believe that you sent me. I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on the behalf of the world, but on the, on behalf of those who you gave have given me because you are, because they are yours and all things that are mine are yours and yours are mine. And I have been, uh, I have been glorified in them. I'm no longer going to be in the world and yet, they themselves are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, so that they may be one just as we are. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me, and I guarded them, and not one of them perished except the son of destruction, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Uh, we'll stop there this morning. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, so this morning, just wanted to uh, highlight, uh, draw out a few points that the Spirit uh, just, you know, sort of uh, convicted or brought out. Um, I had mentioned over the last few weeks, uh, even from after EMP, uh, the 21 days, we had done the first 15 chapters and then last week and this week. Um, one of the things that, you know, as we read the scriptures and the, and the passages, uh, but in particular for me, especially as we were doing the 21 day fast, and, and it seemed a bit more, uh, I, I felt like it would be a bit more drawn out. Um, and it was just, uh, it was just, you know, very, very early on as a quick reminder that just like that, we were getting to the crucifixion, the entry into Jerusalem. Um, I, I know it's just written text. And so obviously we're not going to get all the, as much depth and, and the whole context and everything. Um, you know, the, the letters are written with a specific purpose to uh, convey a certain message. John, namely that Jesus, you know, it answers the question of who Jesus is, the Messiah, the son of God. Um, but it, yeah, it was just, it was just quite um, a reminder of how fast things go. You know, I, I don't know if uh, some of you guys are into, um, uh, may have heard of, or may have seen the Super Bowl, but uh, it's kind of a comical thing going around right now because during the halftime show, they usually have these really huge, um, you know, uh, uh, celebrations and uh, performances and they had all these like rap stars and people who were famous you know like in the 80s and 90s 
And, uh, and so there's all these memes and texts going around that if you really, really enjoyed the Super Bowl halftime show, you're probably due for a colonoscopy. And, um, and so, you know, and then another, another meme was like, oh, wow, they finally, you know, stopped showing old people like the Rolling Stones and, uh, uh, you know, the Who, and, uh, and they're, they're showing people that, that we like. And then, and then the realization that, oh, okay, you know, we're, we're the old ones now. Um, but, you know, just a sense that time it goes by so much faster uh, than we think. Just yesterday, my wife was telling me Renee is going to go into middle school, you know, uh, uh, sixth grade next September. And, and uh, it was just a bit of a shocker, you know, how, how fast these seasons go. And, and so just just a reminder and the importance that, I, you know, we don't have all the time in the world. I think we all understand that. But at the same time, I don't think we even have as much time as we think we have. You know, like like seasons just like that, you know, go by. And the next thing you know, uh, um, you know, there's there's less time today than there was yesterday. And so Jesus talks about, uh, you know, the hour has come. You know, he, he'd been on this crazy mission to leave heaven, to relinquish his authority and God and, and powers. You know, you know and, and I always want to make sure to say that at no point on earth, was he ever not God? He was always God, but he relinquished and let go some of his privileges and powers, uh, which I think is a fascinating idea and uh, a lot of implications if you think about a lot of the things that he did in ministry here on earth, um, you know, uh, fully being human as well. And so I, I just think that's really fascinating. Um, but, you know, here's this master plan from the beginning of time, since the beginning of creation for him to come down and and, uh, uh, you know, come down as a baby and, and to be raised up by earthly parents and, and all the issues and concerns that, that come along with that. Uh, and then the anticipation of maturity and, you know, being in the temple, even at the age of 12 and, and downloading and learning. And, you know, uh, you know, we're pretty sure Jesus had to learn things even as a child, you know, learn to suffer through things, uh, you know, even on the cross. And, uh, and, um, and so, and so then, you know, he goes through his full-time ministry, three years, raises up disciples uh, with the idea that one day he's going to go to the cross and be separated. And, and for all that to happen, you know, I wonder, I wonder even for Jesus, if it's like, wow, you know, the hour has come, you know, everything culminates, comes to this point. And he says this line, he says in verse five, and now you father glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world existed. And so that time has come. And, uh, you know, I often, you know, wonder, I still wonder today, and maybe you do also. And um, um, sorry, give me a second. Sorry, guys, give me one second. I'm just going to uh, say something. Okay, thanks, guys. Uh, sorry about that. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I, I remember asking this question and, and wondering, and maybe you guys have also, you know, we, we, we follow 
the Lord. Um, we all go through ups and downs, right? We, we all have struggles. Uh, our faith is tested. And I, I don't know, maybe you guys have thought this, but you know, there's that one trial or there's that one test. And, um, you know, have you ever thought this thought like, man, am I going to be able to stand up or, or, you know, withstand the trial or a certain temptation or a certain struggle or a certain season, you know, would I be able to remain or keep faith? You know, if, if something like the worst thing happened to my kids, you know, uh, I'd like to think that if, if I, if I get struck or, or have a, you know, a, a physical ailment or illness or disease that, that I would be able to remain faithful. Um, and so, you know, may, maybe you've thought that uh, uh, before yourself and, uh, and have wondered. Um, and so Jesus is in this hour. And the scriptures tells us that he put complete faith, complete faith in the Father. And I want to propose to you that, you know, like this, this idea for us that, oh, Jesus is God. And so it was easy for him because he knows everything. Um, but I want to actually propose to you that Jesus putting his complete faith in God the Father in some ways was harder in some ways took a lot more for Jesus to put complete faith in the father than even what you and I are, are called to. And, 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 you know, you know, why do I say that? Um, because he had a lot more on the line. He, he put, he put down a lot more than you and I could ever let, let go and lay down. You know, none of us is God. None of us has that authority, but Jesus is God. And yet, he relinquished his authority. He, he relinquished his, his position. And then he entrusted it to God the Father. God the Son completely entrusted himself and his being and future to God the Father. He laid down his, his authority. He relinquished his powers. And so, so Jesus put a lot more on the line. There, he, he was a lot more. He had a lot more to give up. And so, you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, coming down to earth, you know, I'm sure if, if, you know, uh, you know, if the enemy were to come up with it, with a scheme, I would imagine it would be something like, Hey, you're God, you know, you're also God, you're equal. Why, why are you the one down here suffering? Hey, you're, you're God. Hey, how do you know, you know, you let all this go. Is he really going to raise you up? You know, is he, is he really going to put you back into, you know, that position of authority? What if, what if he leaves you there or leaves you hanging? So you, you can imagine, you know, th and that's why I think that in, in, in a lot of ways, Jesus put way more and, and, and showed us the way of, of a complete faith. Um, and I don't think it was easy. I don't think it was, it was a cakewalk. I, you know, I, I think I, I really believe that Jesus relinquished everything. And so everything he did on earth, he did in the fullness of humanity, not ever not being God, but putting those attributes or not attributes, but those powers aside. And so I think it was, insanely incredibly impossibly difficult and that's why you know all throughout the scriptures you hear jesus saying i only see and i only do what the father is doing he's like on track you know like i'm not getting away from this i'm not going to let things uh, uh confuse or or you know keep me busy or occupy me every day i need to wake up every day i need to see him every day i need to hear him every day i need to stay focused because so much is on the line and uh, Jesus had complete faith. He put his complete trust in the Father all the way to the point of the cross. 
Um, and Jesus was able to stand that trial. Uh, you know, he was able to overcome in that hour. And um, I, I think this is one, you know, two things. One, a great lesson for us. You know, can we overcome? Can we withstand the biggest trial of our life? Maybe you went through that. You heard Yvain's uh, testimony the past couple of years. It was the biggest test and trial of her life. Maybe you're going through that now. Maybe there's going to be a season coming soon. You know, of course, we don't want that for anyone, but they're every, you know, this is life. We all have to go through these various seasons. And can we put our complete faith in the Father in the way that Jesus put his complete faith in the Father? Um, man, God the Son laid it all down his whole life, his, his, his authority, and he went to the cross. Um, the beautiful thing about the gospel um you know uh, the redemptive narrative and and you know is the resurrection and, and and i think it's fascinating there's so much to go into there and to just meditate on and to really seek and ask the holy spirit for revelation of um one of the aspects and i want to be careful how i say this because it's just one of those things that can be misinterpreted or it could be self-serving um you know, so, so you got to be careful. You have to approach this with the right heart because it can be, you can misinterpret it or, or it can be self-serving. Um, but one of the things I, I've, I found to really um, believe in, in about the resurrection is that in the way that Christ laid everything down, God then raises him up to glory and, and gives him the name that is above every name that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. Um, so even greater things were restored to him. So here's, here's what I know. Uh, of the handful of things as we study or as we may have studied the resurrection here's here's what i know when you in faith genuinely surrender something to the lord and it's it's like the most impossible thing it's like the hardest thing your future your health your family your your loved ones you know the thing that you love the most the thing that maybe even rivals you know your worship to uh to god um you know, the things that are potentially, uh, uh, you know, even ultimate. Uh, and so when, when we surrender or relinquish or sacrifice or let the altar these things, I mean, you, you know this, you know the terminology I'm about to use. Um, God is able to resurrect it, right? Now, that's dangerous. That's a dangerous idea because in our human nature and sin, it's like, oh, okay, you know, that seems like a pretty good deal, transaction. Oh, okay. So I just let this go. And then God's going to, yeah, I, I, I think God sees right through that. You know, you know, if, if, if he knows that the only reason why we're laying it down is because we, we think we're going to get something back double portion. I, I don't, I don't think that that flies with him. And I think, you know, that, and he knows that. Um, so that's, that's the part of interpretation you got to be careful about. And there's a lot of things like that in the kingdom of God, quite frankly. Um, you know, and so those are things that we need to be checked. You know, we need to be honest before God. You know, are we really doing this for him? Are we really pursuing a love relationship with God as the father is seeking a, and pursuing a love relationship with us? If you can't say yes to that, you're, you're sus, you're suspect. I'm suspect. You know, we should all second guess our motives, right? If the bottom line isn't, man, my father, God is pursuing a love relationship with me. And so I want to pursue a love relationship with him. Boom, bottom line, full stop. And then all the other stuff as we seek him, you know, he, he supplies all our needs. 
if that ain't the foundation, then you should be very suspect about your faith. I should be very suspect about my faith. I should second guess everything I do. But if you genuinely can say with all your heart, man, I'm pursuing him with all my heart because my father, my God loves me. And, I, and, and, and I'm not there yet. I'm not perfect, but I want to get there. I, I, I want to know this more. I, I want to understand this more. I want to love him more. Then, you, then we're on the right track. And, and here's how the resurrection works. If you can get to that place, anything you let go and relinquish, God can restore. Anything you surrender in tears, God can bring back. Uh, um, you know, double portion, triple portion with joys, you know, tears of joy. Um, but here's the second part of that. But it's not, it's not going to be exactly what you gave up, right? That, that's also transactional, right? Oh, if I let this go, then God will give it back. And not, not exactly, you know. Uh, Jesus gave up his life. And what was returned to him was something better. It wasn't, you know, like, it's not like, oh, lay it all down. And then, and then I'll restore you back to who you were. I'll, I'll give you back your friends. You can go back to the same house you lived in. And hey, and by the way, Israel is going to become this incredible nation that rules the world for the rest of history. No, not, none of that. It was none of that. It was, it was something greater. It was something even beyond. And so, you know, it, it could be something as hard as, you know, and these are just examples. Like I, I, I lay down and relinquish my, my son or my daughter. I lay down or relinquish, you know, hopes for, for, for marriage or a child. And it doesn't mean because you lay that down that five years later, God's going to be like, here, here's a child or, or here, here's, here's a marriage. It may not be that exact thing. God, you, you surrender it and sacrifice it. God will certainly honor your, your service sacrifice to him and he will bring back to life and he will restore but it may be something even better or greater as, as, as unimaginable as they may, that may appear. But that, that's, that's the gospel. That's, that's what I see in the scriptures. God is able to resurrect the very things we let go and surrender. Uh, may not be exactly the same, but, uh, but scripture shows us that even better, even greater. And I think that that's a great um, encouragement and a great reminder for us this morning. You know, how would I process that in my heart is, Lord, I, I, fully surrender this meaning i don't expect or i'm not in control and i'm not trying to influence you to to give it back or restore it to me the way i want it i'm just letting it go no strings attached father i, I trust you that much and whatever you want to bring back to life or, or restoration or resurrection in my life i trust you to do it and i trust and i trust that you're going to do it best it hurts there's a part of me it's going to die but i trust in you because I'm pursuing a love relationship with you. That's, that's the heart. That's, that's the direction. Um, and, and that's something that takes, you know, a lot of faith and a lot of um, journeying. Uh, and, and that's how I believe, you know, if and when, not if, I think all of us in, in various sizes and, and seasons, you know, we're all going to have this trial or test, this place that pushes us to, wow, can I really believe, can I really put all my trust in Jesus um, and some of you have gone through that. Some of you guys have some pretty incredible testimonies. And um, yeah, I think, I think God is moved. God is so moved that you pursue him uh, with your heart and that you put your complete faith in him. Um, lastly, this morning, um, in verses 11, it says, uh, I am no longer going to be in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them 
in your name, the name which you have given me, so that they may be one just as we are one. And so you see this just communication and dialogue with uh, Jesus and the Father. And at the focal point of this discussion at this point is us, is his disciples. You know, it's Peter, James, and John, the people he walked with. You know, uh, Jesus refers to other believers in the future as well. He says that, you know, you believe because you saw me, but blessed are those who believe even though they haven't seen me. So Jesus knew, like there was a season in time where he was walking around in plain sight and he refers to disciples and even they had a hard time believing. And so he even mentions, and he even knew, it's not a surprise. It's not like, oh, where's God today? He said it. He said there will come a time where people won't be able to see him and would have to rely on the spirit. So it's not like, it's not like, oh, Jesus, what's your plan? God, what's going on now? How come we can't see you? Um, God, God knew Jesus knew exactly what the plan was. But I'm just personally touched because he's going into his final hour, his final test. And his concern is for those, you know, his friends, those who have been uh, his disciples, those who have been following him. And he says this phrase, um, you know, uh, uh, my, um, the dean or chair of my mission school uh, in, in missiology at Fuller Seminary, uh, he gave this incredible sermon about being in the world, uh, but not of the world. You know, we are, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. What, what does that mean? You know, we, we live in the flesh in the world. God doesn't call us to take these holy mantras and then go live in a mountain, you know, so that we don't sin. Um, you know, certainly retreats are necessary, but I don't think God wants to take all the believers in the world and put them all on one, you know, unreachable mountainside or, or I don't think he wants all the believers in the world and hey, let's put them all into a Christian school or let's just only hang out at Solomon's porch at Farama. You know, the, the whole idea is that we are the salt of the earth, the light, and the salt has to be spread out. So it's, it's not about self-preserving, becoming insular, a, a Christian community. You know, that's one of the dangers of uh, like covenant and pacts. It's like we, we become so self-centered and focused. I mean, it's necessary and, and, and but, you know, to a degree. Um, you know, we have to be out there. We have to be in the marketplace. We have to make friends with non-believers. We have to commune and, and, and in that way we become that preserving agent. Well, you know, salt doesn't preserve salt right? Salt preserves the places in the world that are struggling and decaying. Um, and so we, and so that's, that's, that's the challenge though, isn't it? Like we're sons and daughters of the most high and then we're believers and we're in the world. And then the challenge is, you know, us influencing the world for the kingdom of God instead of the world influencing and permeating its way into our lives or the church. And so that's, that's always uh, uh, the struggle. And so what does it mean to be in the world, but not of the world? <clears throat> I think First and foremost, when the Holy Spirit lives in you, there's this uh, transformation, there's this vision. You know, oftentimes people say the kingdom of God is, is the upside down kingdom, you know, because first is last, last is first. Uh, 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 in the kingdom of God, more resources doesn't equal success. Moses had all the resources of the world and he, he utterly failed. Uh, uh, you know, in the, in the two times that Jesus multiplies and feeds the thousands, uh, do the math. With fewer fish and fewer loaves of bread, he actually fed 5,000 versus 3,000. And so the kingdom of God, the economy of God is just different. It's, it's, it's so different. It's alien. It's, it's, it's like literally out of this world. It's like everything you know about how the world works, that's not how the kingdom of God works. I mean, I mean, you have to just 
you have to remind yourself this like every second. Oh yeah, okay, this is what I perceive. This is what's going on. This is okay. This is how. And then you have to tell yourself, yeah, but in the kingdom of God, that's not that's not how it works, right? And and the kingdom of God, I think you know, there's so many ways to approach it. You know, religious. You know, uh, uh, you know, there's all these ideas, but it, it's simply this: the, the the value systems of God are completely opposite. You know, the, uh, of the value systems of the world. I think it starts with how you treat people. I think I think if 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 uh, you know the more I think about it and the more revelation I get, the whole premise of the kingdom of God is, you know, the value of individuals. How you and I value people, individuals, humanity, then impacts everything else you value: your job, your culture, your language, your government, everything. How you view or value a person is is the foundation and the base by which your whole worldview is constructed I, I, I don't know if you figure that out yet and those are the very things that the kingdom of god is coming against because god says everyone is valuable god says every son and daughter of mine is precious why can't you see them in the way that i see them whether that's in the workplace, whether that's economies, whether that's governments, whether that's politics, whether that's family. It's like, why can't you see people the way I see them? Why is there prejudice? Why is there racism? Why, why is there preferences? Why, you know, uh, uh, classes, you know, judgment. And, and so God is, you know, the whole purpose of the kingdom of God is for God to show us that we are valuable, that we are precious to him. And then if we believe that he loves us such in this way, then we should also then go out and value and believe that others are precious. You know, that's, that's, that's the kingdom of God. You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart because we know that he loves us. And then love your neighbor as yourself. It's pretty straightforward and simple and uncomplicated when you think about it in that way god is simply asking us to believe that we are worth it and that he loves us and then to take that same mindset and to look to you know the person that makes our coffee or the person that drives the bus or or the person that works in your own home and to value them in the same way that god values you that 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 is what it means to be in the world and not of the world. That, that's what it means to be a son or daughter. A son or daughter is not someone that's elevated into a position to lord it over people. A son or daughter is someone who knows in their hearts that God sees them as such value. And then in such confidence can go down and serve the lowest of the lowest. That, that's the type of transformation in salt and light. That's exactly what Jesus did. And so just some really good stuff this morning for us to just chew on you know, really some deep soul searching stuff, you know, whatever it is that we thought it meant to be a believer. I, I hope that these words are challenging. I, I hope they're tough. You know, I hope it's something like you're like, man, I got to chew on this all day. And I pray that the spirit of the Lord would really uh, um, speak. And so uh, let me just close by saying this. Uh, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. And what that means is we don't have the same value systems. We don't subscribe to the same value systems of the world and how they value people and how they put people down and how they segregate and, and, and whatnot. Uh, um, you know, we adopt the value systems of God the Father. 
uh, the Imago Dei, every man, every woman made in the image of God, uh, uh, everyone given the same value, uh, and so therefore should be given the same rights. Um, and, and we should we should we should expect and, and see it in that way. Um, Jesus prays that we are one with the Father, and that we value the things that the Father values. So here here's a great uh, application for us this morning. Uh, what are things of the Father that the Father values that we need to come into alignment with? Or another way to say it is, how can we come into alignment? Or how can we be one with the Father today? Maybe there's something that the Spirit has been laying on your heart or prompting you, you know, and you've kind of been hesitant, you know, something that you know is kind of out of this alignment. Um, what is one thing that we can do today, this morning or this week? to be one with the father how can we become more one with the father um just let the let the spirit just uh, speak to you this morning uh in verse 16 i'll, I'll close um jesus reminds uh, us that uh he's referring to the disciples they are not of the world just as i am not of the world jesus was not of the world and reminds us that we are not of this world this is not our home this is not our final destination the dreams and visions we have, they're temporary. Uh, Jesus must be our ultimate vision. Amen. Uh, let me just say a quick prayer. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We're just reminded this morning um, that we need you. That, man, we, we don't need to convey to you what our plans and vision is. But man, we need to get a download of your vision, of your plan in your heart. And, and your plan and your vision is not so complicated. It's, it's that we would know that we are so loved by you. And so then we would know that we are, that, 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 and, and we would then respond in love to you. And then with that, it just automatically, I mean, if that happens first, which if we, if we just got a glimpse, even this morning, just a reminder and a taste of how much you love us, we would be floored. We, it would, we would fall back. And then we would, and then we would be, you know, our hearts would be melting and oozing out and saying, like, God, you're so good. We love you. And we would be healed. And just like that, just like that, we would then go and say, man, I got to go love on people. They, they need to know how much the Father loves them. Man, he's so good. And just like that, things in the home start to change. Things in the workplace start to change. Things, you know, in, in, in government start to change. Culture, society. I don't think people realize how much the Father loves them. And so, Lord, would you give us a deeper revelation of your love this morning? God, we just thank you, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.